1: Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 195 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvatt. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, Justin talks to Andrew Schaff, writer of This Week in Badgers, a weekly Wisconsin football newsletter about Wisconsin. We also take a minute to say goodbye to our friend, outgoing Omaha World Herald reporter, Chris Hetty.
0: You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at HuskerPod, or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com.
1: Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who does? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356.
0: Go Big Go get Today, uh, we, we meet a new friend. And say
1: goodbye to an old friend. Mm, the circle of podcasting life. <laughs> Bittersweet. In a way, we kind of say goodbye to two friends. No, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we talked to Richard again someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so let, let,
0: let's start with the new friend. So uh, so we're talking about Wisconsin football this week. And for the last number of years, we've talked to uh, Richard Branch of the Around. Um, podcast and as many of you who, who've listened for a number of years know last year we talked to him even though he no longer had a, a podcast they'd shut it down um, and this year I guess when you don't when you don't have a podcast and people reach out and say hey you want to talk about football you can say no <laughs> so
2: he just wasn't
0: wasn't uh, wasn't in a good spot to talk about it I guess so he he declined uh, but he actually recommended. Uh, Andrew Schaff who who does a weekly badgers newsletter which I have since subscribed to and, and received a couple times actually I was he did 42 last year so not completely weekly but very regular um, very detailed um, tons of information about the badgers so um, you're gonna you'll hear more about that in the interview but uh, so this is Andrew um, I don't know how many of our listeners actually did listen to the Buck Around, but he he did their prop bets every year. He was oh, the guy okay. who came up cool. with those. So, yeah. So um, so if you had listened to the the podcast, their podcast, you might have some familiarity. Anyway, great conversation, and uh, I say we just go to it. Sounds good. We are excited to welcome Andy Schaff to the Husker Football Fan Podcast. Andy is the writer of This Week in
2: Badgers. Uh, it's a newsletter. Um, I'd say weekly. Is that mostly right? We, we try to be, or I try to be, yeah, as much as I can. It's been tougher uh, recently with the lack of news, but we're going strong. Gotcha. Well, anyway, welcome to the show.
0: Um, Thanks,
3: Andy.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. We, uh, we reached out to Richard Branch from Around, the former podcast, RIP, and he he suggested that you'd be a great person to talk to. So, um, I guess first up, tell tell us a little bit about about yourself and your and your newsletter.
2: Uh yeah, thanks for me. I had worked with Rich on his podcast a little bit. We had a yearly prop bet competition, which was oh, fun. you're that guy. Yeah, so that was, ah, I was fun to do. You're uh, that guy. Rich, gotcha. I, hopefully, he's listening. I feel like he got a little bit lazy and just didn't want to do the podcast anymore. So I, <laughs> I appreciated him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I've been doing I started a newsletter about a year ago. Um, I get really uh, a lot of thoughts about the Badgers and I was spending a lot of time just direct messaging a lot of friends with no response. So I my (laughs) response to that was, you know, let's just put this all in a newsletter. I think I've done like 42 of them in the last year, which is pretty good. Yeah, Uh, or everything from recruiting to current stuff going on with the team we look at old players kind of get go down rabbit holes um whenever necessary so if you want to anyone that cares to subscribe from the nebraska side uh it's on my you can find a link on my twitter it's ak shaff which is s-c-h-a-f um, yeah i i uh i
0: subscribed after after richard mentioned you and uh, i will say a lot of detail like if you did that 42 times in a year like, just for fun on the side, like, that's a lot of work. Um, but, but clearly, you, you know your stuff. And it's, you know, I would say to Husker fans, like, if you want to keep an eye, one eye on Wisconsin throughout the year, I'd suggest getting on that list. And you can skim and look for some good nuggets, or you can, or you cannot. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely peek at it every time it hits our inbox. Um, so with that, let's, let's look, let's look at 2019. Really interesting season. It's been so fun to talk talk to folks about the 2019 season because it just feels like a year you know more than it feels like ages ago and um you know a lot of w's a lot of really solid wins but it's hard to just not focus on a whole bunch of cringy cringy losses not a whole bunch several cringy losses so you've got uh, a 10-4 season but a really surprising loss maybe the the upset of the year at illinois 24-23 um, and then you lose to Ohio, at Ohio State the very next week, 38-7. And then you lose to Ohio State in the, in the conference championship game in a more competitive, uh, 34-21. And then the one-point loss uh, to Oregon. Um, so – I'm sure what Wisconsin fans are a lot like me in that you have a hard time getting past those l's and focusing on on the great wins. But but how are Wisconsin fans thinking about
2: 2019? Yeah, man, I didn't know I'd have to talk about the Rose Bowl on this thing. I, you you can talk little... about the re- <laughs> you can talk about the rest of it. Forget the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, no, it was a, I think overall, I think we most fans have a positive despite how it ended. Um, they really just started out on fire. I think then looking here, they had four shutouts, just blowing teams out. They blew out Michigan State 38 nothing. Just really the Michigan game at Wisconsin wasn't competitive and then the Illinois game was the big upset that I think people are going to be talking about 30 years from now um really inexcusable shouldn't happen and as you mentioned Ohio State really wasn't competitive and then the two at the end where they were competitive but just couldn't pull through um yeah I don't know I think the overall I think we're happy I think a lot of people are happy with it but then also I mean you get these questions about has Wisconsin reached their ceiling a little bit Ohio State is just sitting there every year have not beat them since 2010, so it's, I think fans are hoping for kind of to take the next step is to actually beat Ohio State and not just be competitive with them, so that's kind of, you know, what we were looking at last year, and it's going to be looking at this year, too.
0: I mean, Huskers would, at this point in our miserable recent history, would, <laughs> would kill for a season like that, but also, you know, I can think back to, you know, in the end of the Soul years um, and uh, obviously in the Osborne years and think, you know, that kind of season might've been, you might've been frustrated. And it's kind of funny in the same way you guys are thinking about Ohio state is the way we're thinking about Wisconsin. Like we just can't get over that hump. And, and I I don't know, is maybe there's a fear that while you guys are still
2: trying to like get over that hump that the people behind you are catching you is, is, do you have a sense of that? Yeah, for sure. Some. And then I think, I mean, Speaking from my point of view, Nebraska is always kind of the sleeping giant, and you guys recruit at a level that's at or above where we are a lot of years. So I think – I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've been enjoying it not happening, but I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, when is Nebraska going to take the next step and have those games be a little closer?
0: Well, um, so we won't talk about the Rose Bowl. We just, we just <laughs> move on to, to the offseason um, – Uh, Were were there any spring practices for Wisconsin?
2: Uh, We didn't. They were supposed to have – in the Rose Bowl, we had more yards in Oregon. You know, everything should have happened, but it just didn't happen. Um, Yeah, they actually had – they had some scheduled, and then Chris postponed it just for non-COVID reasons, just logistically, and then right after he he did that, they canceled it. Just just because he's Chris? Yeah, exactly. Might be some publicity or something. Yeah, they didn't get anything in this year.
0: Well, um, so – understanding that there's not anything for you to go on then i'm curious <laughs> if you have a sense of strength and weak, strengths and weaknesses of this team
2: um with whatever schedule we have on the horizon yeah sure i mean i've got a, a few positions um obviously they lost jonathan taylor to the nfl so running back they, you know they have some guys back there like three or four guys i think they're hoping one or two steps up so they're i don't i wouldn't say wisconsin fans are panicking but you are you know anytime you lose jonathan taylor that's going to be tough Um, wide receiver is another one. They lost Quinta Cephas, uh, had a year left, but he went to the NFL, and that's always kind of been a problem, not a, kind of a problem for Wisconsin. They're never loaded at receiver. It's kind of hard to recruit receiver when you are Wisconsin, Sure. so that's kind of a a position, and then say uh, outside linebacker, kind of the premier pass rush position, kind of similar to running back where they lost Zach Bond to the NFL, but they got a lot of guys behind him. It's just a matter of hoping one steps up. And then I guess lastly, and if you've checked any Wisconsin Twitter, it's Graham Mertz is the hotshot backup quarterback. And I think, you know, when I look at realistically, how are they going to beat Ohio State? They're never going to recruit at their level. You know, we're not bringing in the same kind of athletes. So I think a lot of people have settled on having a quarterback go Aaron Rodgers against them. So a lot of people are hoping that the backup can actually challenge Jack Cohn. So Hmm. we'll see. What is Jack Cohn a junior? So he'll be a senior. Oh, he'll be a senior already. Wow. Gosh. He's kind of a game man, I don't know, game manager, nothing flashy. I don't think anyone loves him, but you can do a lot worse there. So sure. There's some hope that Mertz is the guy, but we'll see. I mean, aside from Russell Wilson, I mean, that is the Wisconsin quarterback, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. They've never really had that guy. And people still talk about Russell Wilson like he was yesterday. You know, it was about 10 years ago now. Gosh. I mean, that was Nebraska's first
0: Big Ten game, <laughs> I think. Was yeah. At Wisconsin with Russell Wilson, what a, what a year for him to show up. Um, yeah, so you talk about Jonathan Taylor leaving. I feel like just since I, you know, to, to go back 10 years, like in the 10-year period that we've been shellacked by Wisconsin, it feels like this is the first time there's a transition in running back with more of a question. Like it always just seemed like there was an obvious heir apparent. Yeah. And this time, like there's not that home run hitter Right, like maybe they will be, but they're they're not yet. Is do you mm-hmm. feel like that?
2: Yeah, and it, I kind of compare it to after we had Corey Clement left after the twenty fifth after the twenty sixteen season, and they really didn't have much going there. And that's when Jonathan Taylor stepped up as a true freshman. Oh, okay. Took over from there, so I hope I, they got a four star running back named Jalen Berger from New Jersey. So I think some people are hoping he comes in. Or it's wide open, so there's some competition. But yeah, probably the post Corey Clement years—it really reminds me of that.
0: You kind of said just having read through your last email a little bit. I think statistically, the the recruiting has improved under Chris.
2: Yeah, it has, and I've been kind of fascinated by that too. Just like small lead or small jumps. Um, I think Wisconsin is 14th in the 247 composite, and it's very rare for them to have a top 20 class. So. For, for Wisconsin, it is improving. It's kind of interesting to see. Paul Chris does not seem like the flashy recruiter type. I mean, He's not. Yeah, I don't expect that to happen. I mean, is that across the
0: board? Is that like skill positions? I mean, where is that improvement?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting by position. So they've been recruiting offense or outside linebackers um, really well. They have a bunch of four star guys there. I think they're looking at like TJ Watt, um, Zach Bond. There's a, been a few guys there. It's a little bit of a pipeline. Uh, running back, of course, and then offensive linemen they're just, they are just—they get five stars and four stars throughout <laughs> the country. It's kind of crazy. Um, so that's been interesting. They still struggle, like defensive backs—they just pulling five, four or five star guys from Florida to Wisconsin just doesn't happen. So it's been a struggle there, but kind of varies
0: by position. So I'm sorry, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. We, we didn't talk about the Nebraska-Wisconsin game from this last year. Nebraska really struggled a lot this last year, but one time we didn't struggle was running against Wisconsin. What, yeah, was that what was from your in your opinion? What happened there? Was that a great a great game plan by Nebraska, or was that an exposing of something a problem at Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Martinez just kills us. It's been a, a couple year trend i wisconsin's defense he doesn't really, he doesn't
0: win but yeah he, does, but it's funny.
2: he doesn't beat you but yeah, okay. yeah. anyway I mean, yeah it's interesting i i remember after that just thinking how did that happen because it was just non-stop he did great uh, i think one thing i mean a lot of teams struggle against this but wisconsin does as well It's like a really mobile quarterback i think they do well if they can kind of blitz and you know send five or six guys and have a statue back there to attack and Martinez put him in a lot of positions where they send six guys and he'd, you know, break the line and he was off. Or the threat of him running was really uh, – I think that caused a lot of problems for him. Yeah, I mean, it was um, – I
0: don't know. Did you have a couple of, like, two down linemen set? Like, were you running
2: a, a... – Yeah, I think they would try that. Um, yeah, that... Trying to him. I think his running threat and then – I know he's gone now, but Spielman. I was not sad to see him leave after yep. what he did against Wisconsin. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Well, and uh and Dietrich Mills kind of started to come into his own in the second half of the season. I don't know if that was a matter of him figuring out the offense or if it was a matter of the offensive line gelling or, you know, probably a combination. And I feel like that was the first game where um
2: he really excelled and I feel like they maybe attacked the line of scrimmage at mm-hmm. at angles or something that just Yeah. Yeah, there were some runs I was not used to seeing I, I, Yeah, okay. And then I think just yeah, mobile quarterback and you guys have some you had some receivers that I could push and push deep, you know, that helps a little bit as well. Yeah. I mean that was one of for
0: all the losses last year, it was one of the more encouraging losses. I I <laughs> um okay, well, uh so so get to get back to to the future. Um that was an inadvertent movie reference. Um, I'm looking at the the twenty twenty schedule here. And of course, no longer are you playing Southern Illinois. No longer hosting Appalachian. What app is that? Appalachian State.
2: Yeah, that one I was really excited for. That would have been their Super Bowl coming up to Madison. I think that would have been a really good, like, it's kind of a sneaky little level game that would have been really competitive.
0: And also, you lose the matchup against Notre Dame. I mean, it was a really interesting non-conference slate.
2: Yeah, the Notre Dame game, that stinks. They've been, you know, at Lambeau Field was where that was supposed to happen, and Badger fans have been looking forward to that for a long time. So that was a bummer. Shoot, but, shoot. Yeah. Okay, so um,
0: so you lose those. Um, you still – we're starting the season with the, the first game, as along with Nebraska, your, your first game was uh, a Big Ten game with Indiana. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Going to Michigan. um hosting Minnesota going to Maryland hosting Illinois going to Northwestern going to Purdue hosting Nebraska and then going to Iowa so taking our end of season opponent for this this year um then of course there'll be one more Big Ten game I mean just kind of looking at that what what do you think is possible for this team
2: yeah, it's always tough. Before the everything shut down, we're looking at the at Michigan and then next week at versus Notre Dame and then Minnesota is kind of the pivotal three-game stretch. So depending on how they rearrange things, um, you know, at Michigan is always going to be tough. And then, you know, a lot of them I think they're going to – badges will probably be favored in a lot of the, the games here. But, you know, there's going to be some tight point spreads there. So I think I have a lot of people and in, probably included thinking along the lines that I am of, you know – kind of like last year where you have a couple losses. And I think most people are expecting to win the big 10 West as much as I hate to expect. Okay. Uh, You never want to like get your hopes up, but I think that's, it's good. They've reached the point where we kind of expect to win the big 10 West. I know it's not going to happen every year, but that's kind of been the expectation.
0: When you're returning a senior quarterback and you know, I, I'm not sure how many starts you're returning on the offensive line. I'm just assuming it's high. Yeah. Um, They
2: lost yeah, they lost uh Biotish, the center to the NFL, but they're really the Remington great. Award winner, right? Yeah. But even they had a lot of really good depth last year, so I, they got seven guys this year, so I I'm pretty confident in that. Um a lot of experienced guys in the secondary, a lot of the front seven on the defense is pretty experienced as well. Yeah,
0: so I mean that with with the winning tradition, I mean, I I suppose there's no reason
2: not to assume. Yeah. A Big 10 West championship. And then it's just the Hopefully the Big Ten, and then you know Ohio State sitting there with a two deep full of five star athletes that always gives us problems. <laughs> yeah. It gives most people problems to be. Yeah, fair. to be fair, for sure. Um, so uh,
0: uh, before the before I started talking to all the different uh, people who cover these different teams, I talked to our, our friends at the Eyes on Big podcast, and they gave me some questions for each of the teams, mm. um, and. I'm a little embarrassed. I'm struggling to read my handwriting from this conversation that took place in like March or April. But it says
2: uh, wide receivers is Watson the ball catcher. I think is what it says. Is that is Watson a name? Uh, Nakia Watson. He's the he's a running back. He was Taylor's backup last year. Okay. Which, how how good is he as a receiver? Um, to be determined. I don't think that's ever going to be one of his strengths. Okay. Is so yeah. They they probably won't. They have uh, Watson's hopefully gonna be kind of the, the carrier, the main guy. The uh, Garrett Groschek, our white running back, is very good at catching the passes, so he, he's probably gonna be the third down guy with thirty to forty catches. Who who are the wide receivers then? Yeah, so they have a couple seniors, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. Sure. Um, people like them. They just they they haven't put up much numbers is you know they've been given a lot of chances, so that's definitely a question mark if one of those guys can step up and be a a true number one type. I think the last question here was who has worst
0: receivers, the packers or the badgers?
2: uh, I think the packers, <laughs> oh really. Uh, that's tough. Uh, Packer fans have spent the last year complaining about their receivers. They have Devonta Adams and absolutely nobody else. Whereas the Badgers don't have a Devonta Adams, but they got a bunch of number two types. So I, you know, it depends how you look at gotcha. it. Gotcha. I uh, I don't really follow the NFL very closely, so I'm yeah, gonna... I don't as well. But if you live in Wisconsin, just by osmosis, the Packer information is hard not to to come up. Calm.
0: Sure. Well um so so one more time how can our listeners subscribe to your uh your newsletter but also how can they connect with you on social media?
2: Ah uh, sure yeah my Twitter handle is akshaf which is ak and then s c h a a f. Um, have everything pinned there so feel free to you know reach out I, if you've read my newsletter, I there's no topic that is too trivial or too minor, so huh. feel free to reach out with anything there. And yeah, if you um, you know even Nebraska opinions, I like to hear from people across the conference. It's good.
0: Well, I mean that well, that's one of the reasons that we enjoy doing this summer series so much is it's just helpful not only to hear about the opponents, but also to hear what the opponents think about us um, yeah. because you know you you read the same beat reporters day in day out for your life and you start to get um you start to get a little dulled to it what what um do you have any thoughts on the huskers as as to what they could accomplish i don't know
2: um yeah I, like i said it's kind of a blind So i'm anxious to listen to your pod more to learn about this year's team i mean in general um i have an uncle from nebraska who is oh. very very yeah. I'd say I love him, but very cocky about Nebraska. So when they joined the Big Ten, he set me aside and told me to get ready for some real football. Oh. And so it's always – I like to – Has know, he been humbled then? He has been. I don't hear much about Nebraska anymore. But. We're just waiting, man. Look out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a good rivalry, obviously. Um, getting to play you guys every here, And I feel like it, I don't want to bring up the Big Ten championship game, but I think about it probably once a month. So.
0: That. Well, that, I'm glad that – I mean, that – man what a what a bizarre ending to a bizarre season i mean that was that was such a a dream year in terms of comebacks so i think we're talking
2: 2012 right now yeah and you guys we were up i think 27 to 10 at nebraska and then you guys came back and beat us and then and i think that
0: was i think we had like three or four games where we came back in the fourth quarter down like 10 points or something to win yeah. um and you guys were as weak as, I mean, that was probably the weakest Wisconsin conference championship, champion champion winner in the last decade.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think they went seven and six. And yeah. Yeah. We didn't thought, have a quarterback that could throw it more than five yards down the field. That was tough. Yeah.
0: But I think the biggest, the thing I still reflect on is we had um, an undersized defensive and have to move in to play defensive tackle just because, due to injury which was probably a harbinger of what was to come.
2: Can't yeah, do that against was, Wisconsin. Yeah, the last uh, Brett Bielema's uh, swan song was that one. <laughs> that guy. Where is he these days? Um, where is he? I is think he even he's coaching like the Patriots? Arkansas is trying to get their money back was the last thing I read. They still owe him like twenty million dollars from his unpaid bonuses or something like that. Why are they trying to get their? How are they gonna get their money back? You, you know, they signed a contract, I think <laughs> they're trying to get out of it. But. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Well, yeah. Andy,
0: uh, thank you for your time and expertise. It's been great talking to you and uh, you know, we'll look forward to reading your
2: newsletter. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. My pleasure.
1: Thanks again to Mr. Schaaf for joining us on the podcast. Uh, appreciate him spending the time talking with us. Uh, I hope we get to see, some football this fall. What are you thinking, Justin?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, who knows? I'm I'm still hopeful. Nebraska seems to be doing all the right things. but
1: That's the crazy thing. If you look at the way Nebraska is handling it, it looks like we've got it pretty much under control. And by we, I mean, you know, University of Nebraska. It looks like they're doing what they need to do but it I, it just feels to me like a lot of schools on the East Coast are starting to freak out right now. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say.
0: Yeah. You, if we could just find a handful of opponents who are taking it as seriously and then handling things as diligently as we are, mm-hmm. then you'd think we could play a number of games. You know, we could do back-to-backs. You know, home and homes even this season. I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's uh, It changes by the week, changes yeah. by the
1: day, it feels like. Yeah, it seems like professional baseball might be the litmus test right now. And uh, it's questionable. So, and I don't if, know. And if you can't pull off baseball, where, mm-hmm. like,
0: you're almost never close together unless you're on base.
1: Yep. Um, but, but, I mean, when you think about it, think about how many, how many moving parts there are in... Well, I mean, baseball and football. Think about how many people are involved in running an operation like that, every single one of those p- people needs to do the right thing. That's I think that's the hard part. Yeah. Ugh. But, you know, we, we can also show a little bit of sympathy to all these people that are navigating this situation the best they can. You know, uh, things look okay on paper, and then real life screws it all up, you know? So it's, it's hard to, you know, I, I don't, i'm not looking down my nose at anybody it's just uh
0: everybody just needs to do their best yep do their part be considerate of other people and we're all gonna be fine that's my theory
1: i like that now our listeners might be feeling like things aren't fine because mr hetty is on his way out the door if you're feeling like the world is crumbling around you it's okay we we've brought chris back one last time maybe not even the last time who knows we might talk to him in the future yeah yeah
0: so uh so um i think we're recording this tuesday morning i think thursday is his last day wow at the world herald and when we when he first announced this on twitter last week we shot him a message and say hey can we get you on the pod one more time so um we're gonna talk to him here in a second and um anxious to hear what's coming up next in his life Chris, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. Man who needs no introduction. Um, so I, I listened to the Pick 6 podcast that you did with Sam and Evan last week, and you, you mm-hmm. spent a lot of time talking about your next steps and what's all coming down the road for you. And I'm sure, like, the Venn diagram of people who listen to our podcast and your podcast is pretty significant, but for the, like, 1% of people who don't <laughs> listen... Um, what uh, what what's happening with Eddy?
3: I'm leaving. Um, yeah, we talked probably probably too much about that stuff. Um, but I'm leaving at the in two days actually. Um, I'm currently sitting in what used to be my office and is now the storage station for boxes. My laptop is literally on like picture frame uh, boxes of what used to be in our home or in our bedroom. Um, but we, me and my wife, are moving back to Kansas. Um, she graduated from. Creighton Pharmacy School at the end of, uh, this, you know, in in the spring, um, she got a job done in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, so we're going to move down there to the land of purple. Um, in order to get back at her for making me move to Manhattan, um, I'm going to enroll at KU. Um, I'll be going to get my master's degree in journalism. I'm going to go try and I'll do that for two years. I'll be a, a graduate teaching assistant as well, so I'll TA classes and teach classes. And uh, the the goal is by the time that that's over, I can graduate and uh, go find a job in teaching journalism somewhere. Be that at college or high school or wherever. We'll have to kind of see. So it's always been kind of the plan for us. Um, obviously, our family is in Kansas, uh-huh. and so that'll be nice to be closer to there. Um, we actually really love Manhattan. Molly went to K State, so I spent quite a bit of time down there in college, and uh, so we're excited to go back there. Um, so it's kind of one of those like happy sad moments where we're really excited about the future, but we both really loved Nebraska. You know, I've lived here since 2012, um, and grew up here. Um, so it's gonna be gonna be pretty weird, but you know, life takes you different places, and so we're we're headed somewhere else next.
0: Well, congratulations! Grad school is exciting. What? Uh, how far apart are Lawrence and
3: Manhattan? Oh, it's like an hour. It's like a little bit more than an hour. I mean, it's not. It's not crazy. Um, I would say it's like Lincoln, Omaha. If you were, if you left Omaha at like four four forty five okay. and we're trying to get to Lincoln, you run into traffic on like the seventy second exit, and it's like a little bit more. A little bit more than that. But, but I mean,
1: it, it's not. I mean, it's also
3: only during the school year and. Uh, you know, only a handful of times. So, I mean, it, it won't be that bad. It's not. It's not as bad as it maybe seems.
0: You see yourself as you think about teaching. Like, are are you gonna move past sports, or is sports gonna be the focus for you, or how do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it would definitely. I mean, the thing I've always dreamed of doing is teaching in high school journalism. Um, okay. so being like a high school journalism teacher. Um, I really loved mine when I was in high school. Um. I look up to a lot of people that were either high school journalism teachers and then became uh, college professors or vice versa. Um, so, I mean, my interest in journalism has always been wider than sports. It's actually funny. I, I It's weird that I ended up in sports in some ways. I mean, all of my – most of my experience before getting hired, the first place that I got hired, was not in sports, right? Huh. So I, I always had an interest in it, and I wanted to get into sports writing because – you know, when I was a sophomore in high school, I found hate mail for, for hate mail from cheerleaders by Rick Riley. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is great. Um, but every internship I had in college was not sports. Um, I was editor in chief of the student newspaper, which I almost didn't take because I was like, how does this help me be a sports writer? Like it <laughs> won't. Um, but it helped me in, in many other ways. I'm really glad I did it. So, I mean, but if there was one thing that I felt like, you know, so with high school journalism, it's so wide, right? You have to talk about so many different things, how to write a story, how to shoot photos, like talking about ethics. We're talking about like, you know, the how a newspaper runs, how a yearbook runs. Like there's so many different things you have to go through through 16 weeks. Um, but if there was going to be one specific thing, like if I was going to teach a college course and I had my pick um, and I felt like I could, teach it not because I feel like I know everything about it, but because there's so many different things I'd love to talk about and have people come talk about and read and dissect. it's probably be sports writing um, just because the last four years, it's almost like I went to grad school for four years huh. and just because being, being around people here, you know, getting the experience of um, covering a division one football program, that's a big deal. Um, so, I mean, I think in general to, you know, be bad at answering your question, kind of both. <laughs> interesting. I mean, you really were at Nebraska in
0: some interesting times, and especially, you know, football, obviously, but then, you know, also obviously the, the basketball beat. Mm-hmm. Um, what a, uh, was it four, tumultuous four years?
3: Yeah, I mean, I was in college when I, I covered Bo. Oh, like oh the, yeah, you were like in my college. first. That's right. So, like eight. My my first year I was really on the beat was 2013. Um, and uh, I kind of went on and off after that until I got like, cause then I was sports editor. And so it's like, I was involved in coverage, but I wasn't necessarily like a beat writer, beat writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit different. Like you're not in it with Bo every single day. Like it's a little bit different of an experience. Um, but yeah, man, like I think, I'm the one, like, I think I'm the reason, right? Like, I think I'm the one. I'm, my, fr- like, seriously, like, I I get onto the football beat and Bo gets fired two years later. Um, You know, I go do other stuff and then I come back and Mike gets fired, to you know, the second year I'm there. Uh, then I go jump onto the men's basketball beat and then Tim gets fired. Um, And then I was there for Scott's four and eight first year and Fred's seven and twenty five first first year. So, like... The only re- reasonable explanation is I leave and things get better, right? Like that makes that makes sense to me. Well, thank you for leaving, then. Welcome. I'm happy to.
0: <laughs> You're doing <laughs> us a service. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> what um, I think it's it's such an interest. If you were doing what several uh, of your colleagues across the world, Herald had done and leaving the newspaper to go do non journalism, I would have been super concerned. I'm glad that you're leaving to go like keep doing journalism just for like Mm -hmm. the future of the industry. I mean, so obviously you believe in the future of the industry because you're, you're tying yourself to it further. Sure. What, I don't know. What is the future of the industry in your opinion? Yeah.
3: I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I mean, I think in general, there's obviously a lot of concerning things about the world journalism right now in terms of like the financial structure and what's going to happen you know, just with all these media companies with everything happening with COVID and that's not, you know, specific to newspaper industries. Like a lot of industries are kind of in the dumps right now or are going to be really, really hit in the, in the future. Um, it's just, I think the, the weird thing to me, I think is that the journalism world right now is just really on shaky economic ground and it has been for a while, but you have kind of the rise of not great companies buying up, bunch of newspapers and kind of consolidating them and we're starting to get news deserts in these states where there's only a handful of newspapers and that's not great um you know the value of a of a newspaper is you know your local reporter going to a school board meeting or going to you know the daily morning press conferences with the chief of police um and you know things of that nature and so that's really concerning however um the actual literal act of journalism, the actual practice of it, I think is actually in a pretty healthy place for the most part. I mean, I think the influx of partisan news in terms of, and, that, and I don't mean that even just specifically politically, I think you could also mention sports in that too. Just the, the amount of new media that is out there where I can go out and I can, depending on my mood, I can find the news that, that basically just you know, justifies the way I feel. So if I feel really worried about the coronavirus, I can go onto the news and I can find things that are going to make me feel that my worry is validated. Huh. I can also do the same thing where I can go out and if I'm like, this isn't that big of a deal, which side note, it obviously is. But if I go out and I say, this isn't that big of a deal, I can go find not great, but existing news sources that can validate the way that I feel. And that's something that really worries me because as somebody who grew up with newspapers, who believes in newspapers, who believes in unbiased, like straight up hard-nosed journalism, that's worrisome because we could write a story that says the sky is blue. And there could be all these other websites that are like, yeah, but it's actually purple. If you really look at it, it's purple. And then that's where capital T truth becomes hard because then we're negotiating truth. And that and that's where it's really hard. So with that said, though, I do think that hard traditional journalism is pretty healthy in terms of, you know, in-depth features, investigative pieces. I mean, I think that the way that a lot of newspapers cover local local government, federal government. Um we have a lot of watchdogs out there. You've got still got ProPublica, you know, NPR does really great work. Um I'm curious, I mean I, I think in general, like the larger newspapers, the larger media outlets do a really good job. Um it's just trying to keep those papers, I think in general, and this could be a whole other conversation, but I think the there's a there's a reckoning coming in the next five years, um, maybe even sooner, just about like opinion pages mm-hmm. um, and yeah. the validity of them and not to like silence people by any means. But, you know, I don't know. I just think sometimes they cause far more problems. And if somebody that is really significant wants to give their opinion, maybe it needs to be filtered through. A news story, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, like, I think we're seeing more of that at, at paper. So, I, long story short, I, I apologize. i can been gone for a long time, but I think in general, it's pretty healthy. And I'm always going to be optimistic um, because I think as long as the you know the First Amendment is there, and as long as we have editors and reporters who want to tell stories and understand what real journalism is um which i think that there's a healthy amount of out there then i still think it's going to be healthy as long as media outlets still exist um which they will i mean even if they go under something is going to sprout in its place because somebody with a journalism degree or even with just an english degree okay. is going to wake up and say i want to know what's going on at the at the school board like i want to know so i'm going to go live tweet it and then i'm going to put it into a Substack newsletter and boom you have a media outlet and it's journalism. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm optimistic but obviously there's a lot of things to worry about.
0: Well uh, glad to hear that someone with your optimism and passion is going to be investing in uh, the next generation of, of reporters. I think that's exciting. And we'll miss you here. And it's been neat. Um, I don't know. It's been a few days since you announced that you're leaving, but I feel like the response uh, on Twitter and then just listening to your colleagues has been just overwhelmingly positive. And so we just add to that and thank you for your time and generosity with, uh, with our podcast and all your great reporting for the last few years. It's been a pleasure.
3: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And again, I'll be, um, I'll be surrounded by lots of purple. So when yeah. I have with not a lot of people, that wanna discuss whether or not Adrian Martinez is healthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like whether or not Dietrich Mills can make a thousand yards. Or like if Wanda Robinson's should win the Heisman. So like call I, me anytime.
0: Speaking of Adrian Martinez, <laughs> uh, last night someone tweeted a picture of him and said, Is it just me or is he looking stronger? And <laughs> and, and I tweeted, Zach Duvall gets results. I tagged Coach Duvall and Coach Duvall responded later last night and he said something to the effect of all the results these men earn they earn in the weight room they we like on their own and I was like okay, yeah all right huh I wonder what he weighs now that was a great that was kind of a debate there
3: that's like the only like I'm I'm somebody who like I'm really glad Zach DeVos good at his job that's great I kind of don't care <laughs> you know <what> I mean <laughs> like I I ca- like the workout videos are great like all that I so don't care like when a football game then I'll care kind of a thing mm-hmm. but I do actually, I actually am really interested in um, what Adrian's, like, what his weight is. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the one guy where I'm like, well, freshman year it was this, sophomore year it was this. What do they decide on junior year? Yeah. How do you balance heavy workload of having to run the ball a lot and also wanting to be fast and also wanting to be healthy? You know what I mean? Like, how do we how do we What? what's kind of the happy medium if there is a happy medium well the
0: collective twitter response to that tweet was that he looked uh leaner but stronger so
1: perfect which is what you hear like <laughs> yeah every yeah. off season people are like well they're bulking up it's like what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> every that's, year
3: <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing we missed with spring football was the first like three days being like so what so what's your weight at what are you at <laughs> okay and then there's a whole story of like here are the 19 people who gained 15 pounds right right
0: <laughs> what uh what do you well maybe this is too many negative of a question i was gonna say what won't you miss i'm trying let's think of a little more positive. Well, Maybe let's just cut this part.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, can, uh, <laughs> I was actually tempted to ask, uh, you know, ha- you've had an overwhelmingly positive response about, you know, you, you stepping out. Has anybody said good riddance or anything? <laughs> oh, oh, totally. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I, I told my, I told my wife, I was like, oh, I'm putting this on Twitter. We'll see how this goes. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, and Molly's always said it, but you know, you get a lot of negative reaction when you're a, uh, you know, reporter covering Nebraska football when they're not very good. And you're at the Omaha World Herald because we're kind of inherently the bad guys for reasons that don't quite make sense to me. Um, But so for the last three years, I've received so many like negative comments, right? To the point where I almost was like, what's the point of even having a Twitter account anymore? Like Mm -hmm. I don't like Wright Thompson has a really good quote um, about like, why would I let people into my pocket to say things about me that like, only going to make me anxious. you know, like, like just to be mean. Mm. Um, and so, um, so I posted the news and it was, you know, it's, I, it's, I've been overwhelmed. Like it's great. Um, people have been far, far too kind, but it was like completely surprising to me. Oh, and really? I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was talking to somebody about it. They were like, Hey, it seems like the announcement went well. And I was like, you know, you're on a social media platform for three years and you start to think everybody hates you. And then the announce that you're leaving and you're like, well, wait a second, this would have been nice if I would have known that you guys liked this or my writing, you know what I mean? Like Pat 40 tweeted at me and was like, Hey, I really enjoyed your work. And I was like, would have been super cool to know (laughs) that he
1: was reading it. (laughs) Wow.
3: (laughs) Come on. Wow. Um, But yeah, I mean, I did, but, (laughs) but luckily um, I had muted a a significant amount of people who, the people that, you know, I was used to seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny. Suspects. Yeah, yeah, uh which is which is fine. Like it's I would say the same thing about me too. Um but the the funny part was my father-in-law was on Twitter and was like scrolling through the mentions and saw some of them and took a screenshot and sent it to the family group chat. I oh, no. was like and was like, "What's up with these guys? Like they follow <laughs> all these beat writers, but then they're mean to them, blah, blah blah And I was like I'd like to introduce you to trolls um, like this is how the internet I mean it is not on at all it was like kind of a nice I don't know I think in general we overvalue um, voices on social media platforms and so that was a nice reminder of like oh yeah there's literally an entire world outside of that Twitter app you know what I mean
0: this is true this is true it's why we podcast
3: yeah, it's a good, it's a good outlet. It's, I,
0: uh, it seriously is. I, I seriously have debated with myself, and I've mentioned it to Mike a couple times, like, what is the inherent value of Twitter to our podcast? Because, like, the I think that's the only reason we're on it is to, like, mm-hmm. you know, promote the podcast. And I just wonder, like, what percentage of our downloads are driven by people who interact with us on Twitter and then say, oh, I should listen. Whereas Mm. versus people just going into their podcast app and searching Huskers and then,
3: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's a way that you can, like if you go onto one of your tweets and you hit like view tweet activity, you can see how many people like click on the link. Um, I would bet you probably get quite a bit because it's just based on, just based on like your outlet. I mean, interestingly enough, like I looked up, it was maybe a couple months ago. I looked up, year, like the past 12 months, how many, how much traffic me, my stories got from through Twitter. Uh I mean, there's less than 5%. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, I mean, seriously, we way, 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 we as in like, like reporters way overvalue the impact of it. It's because one, all of us are on there. Two, a lot of the like extremes are on there, like people yep. that really like it or people that really don't. Um but most of all web traffic still comes from like the home website, mm-hmm. Facebook, um, newsletters. Like there's four or five other ways. And then it gets to Twitter. And yeah. there's kind of some back and forth there where for me at least, I always figured if it's breaking news, like put it on Twitter first, like put the story on Twitter first, and then somebody might share that on Facebook and then it kind of goes bigger or like sometimes Twitter's kind of the launching pad. So it's still important in some ways. Um, but that's why at a certain point, a couple months ago, I was like, I'm just going to basically tweet out links and um, like something that comes to my mind, like once a day, because there's kind of, I mean, throwing up a stat that I'm, I'm working on, uh, like a story that I'm working on, I come across an interesting stat and I tweet it out, People are going to take that whichever way they decide and hmm. it becomes just like, it could become a thing. Um, and then it's like, well, what was the point of that? Like, what's, what is this hurting or is this helping? Like, so I might as well just put it in the story, which if it's paywall, people are gonna have to pay to read anyway. And that's who I'm really right. Like looking this stuff up for, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's, I, I, again, I all these things I could go on for, for, for a long time, but I've thought about that a lot. Um, because it's, I mean, just with the anti-media rhetoric in general, um, people attach that to sports as well. So like, I mean, you see, you saw it yesterday, literally yesterday, people saying, Hey, um, why are people, why are sports reporters rooting um, against sports happening. I don't understand that. And I was like, no you idiot. Obviously that's not happening. Like that's not, this isn't you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And so like then, then the it's whole, against
1: your own self interest. Yeah. to Not <laughs> have sports. <laughs> and then all of a
3: sudden all morning, it's like, seriously, like all morning, every single reporter feels like they have to say something about it. And that's not and it, like, I am somebody who like, I wrote out a tweet and was like, I am not going to get into this, but like, then it takes up the entire morning. And we're talking basically we're talking in a circle to people that already know their opinions that aren't going to change anything. It's a closed
0: loop and it's a, totally an echo closed, yeah.
3: it's a closed loop and echo chamber of a small portion of people. You know what I mean? It's so I don't know. It's an interesting I would I'd be interested what your guys' is traveling. I bet you it's pretty good just based on like your specific thing, you know what I mean? And people might get it through that way. But
0: I, I my sneaking suspicion, then I'm gonna move past this, is that a lot of people who follow us and interact with us on twitter don't actually listen to the podcast and that we put all this time and thought into twitter, and that the people who are going to listen are going to listen whether or not you know maybe except for like the five percent you mentioned are going to mm-hmm. listen whether or not we post on twitter yeah. that's my yeah. that's my theory right now and i'm trying to care less about twitter yeah um, yeah so at the end of all of our interviews, we always say like, how can our listeners follow you? And um, so you won't have a world Herald platform anymore, but I know you've got uh, a personal blog oh, that, yeah. or a, a news newsletter. So you've got that. Please plug that. And then also, I mean, I assume you'll stick with your current Twitter handle,
3: whether you... Yeah. Even, even if I like just dunking on Twitter for like three minutes, like I'm still going to have one. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, so, um, yeah, I'll still, I'll still be on Twitter. Um, I started a newsletter like a little more than a, y- oh, maybe it was a year ago. Um, and that was kind of, you know, peek behind the curtain kind of in preparation for all of this because I kind of saw like, okay, well, if we end up going somewhere else, or I can't find a writing job, or if I do go to grad school, like I'm going to want to still want to write just cause that's like how I, I'm just going to need to do that. It's an impulse. Um, so I don't know exactly what the news, the is essentially, um, you know, when I, the re- one of the reasons why I'm going into teaching is I used to go to this workshop every summer, um, in a high school journalism workshop. And in that workshop, one of the writing exercises that we would start, so we would like have a session and then they'd go to lunch and then they'd come back. And every time you come back, um, we do like, I think it's like three or four minutes of writing and, um, it's all about being as specific as possible, trying to tell, a story as quickly as possible, being detailed, you know, quote, unquote, naming the dog, right. So like being really specific. And um, it's a really great exercise for writers. And so um, over the last since, you know, over the last decade, like I've tried to do that, um, personally. Um, and so I'll, you know, if I'm feeling something, or if I'm thinking about something, or if I just want to write, because I haven't in a while, I'll do that. So that about a year ago, I was thinking, well, you know, if I'm not going to be a reporter anymore. I still want to write in some ways. So like, I wonder if I could just, if I make myself accountable and make like a newsletter, like then I'll, you know, be able to say, then then I'll feel like I have to actually do it. So a lot of it is just like random short stories of like, you know, teaching my dog how to play fetch or like walking around my old neighborhood in Kansas city or whatever. So I don't know exactly the direction it's going to go. I imagine there'll be random like grad school moving People in their twenties stuff. I don't know if people really love that, but that's basically what it's going to be, probably.
0: Good, good writing's compelling. If you know, sure, yeah. Subject
3: matter I like sure, yeah, so, or so, yeah.
0: So, what's the name of the newsletter and how? So it's um,
3: yeah. So it's I think it's just Um So, or you can go to my Twitter account and the pinned tweet. There's one, like one of the pinned tweets is essentially like, "Here's my newsletter." Um, and, I'll, and it's going to be weird because again, we were talking about Twitter. I've Sometimes I've shared the newsletter on Twitter, like the link to it, like after I write something. And sometimes I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Because the audience is like through email, like these people already know, are already there, you know? Um, so I imagine there'll be a handful of times where like if I actually like something I write, which is like once every five times, um, I'll share it on Twitter. Um, so, and I will just say, I mean, I appreciate you guys a ton for, Allowing me onto your podcasts, and I've loved talking with you guys. And you guys are valued, I think, in the Husker Sports community because I think that we in the media can sometimes get bogged down in the bubble, right? Where we get we start we I mean we we get too bogged down in what should we say and what should we, shouldn't we say? What do we know? What do we actually know? Like what's worth talking about? What's not worth talking about? And I think sometimes there are gaps in that. And I think that sometimes people do want to talk about Adrian Martinez's weight. And even in and, and like, I might not care about that. So we might not talk about it on the pick six for 10 minutes, but like, there's still an audience of people that like want to engage in that and want to like live in that world. And so I think that you guys fill in that gap really well. Um, so I wanted to thank you for just letting me come on, hang out with you guys. Um, and for anybody that's listening, that's ever read anything or ever even listened to these podcasts, like I so appreciate it. Like I'll never able to thank you enough. There was no reason for you to ever have read or listened to anything that I said um as a Kansas boy that covered bad <laughs> football and basketball teams. But I've all, I've always super appreciated it. You're you are overly
0: humble and we appreciate the kind words. And uh I think um uh, Mike and I have to get to work, so I think it's we true. gotta. You 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 have to work with that beard. Excuse me, Mike has to get to work. I don't. There I, you go. I just didn't want to. <laughs> I just didn't want to throw Mike under the bus.
1: Oh, uh, it's all right.
3: <laughs>
0: so, all right. Well, we'll uh, hopefully be in touch one of these days, and uh, good luck to you.
3: Yeah, you too. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, Chris.
0: Well, that was fun, bittersweet. He's a good guy, and uh, I'll miss him.
1: Yeah, it's something that just keeps kind of running through my head is Chris has truly been a friend of the podcast. You know, that's kind of a title that we throw around when we talk to somebody here more than once, you know? But Uh Chris has been on this show more than anybody at this point. And and I truly feel like it's been a, uh, you know, as as much as possible, kind of a a friendship between sports writer and podcast as, as much as it could be. So... Uh, just really grateful for him taking the time. It's it's kind of funny. At, at the end of our conversation, he thanked us for letting him <laughs> on our podcast, but I, I feel like it's the other way around.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you and I, I don't know if this is too inside baseball or not, but you and I made the, uh, kind of the choice a little while ago to just like, we wanted to build a relationship with someone. You know, we have a lot of different people on the podcast, but that would be fun to just have like an ongoing relationship with Chris Well, with, with somebody and we ended up connecting with Chris Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I think that the only downside is that, uh, he didn't stay. Yeah. (laughs) So now, so now, you know, and I don't know what we'll do next, but that, that was a fun, a fun, uh,
1: story arc relationship. Journey. Journey. Podcasting
0: journey. Podcasting journey. So, um, with that, should we awkwardly transition to our sponsors? (laughs)
1: Well, hey, you know, just as we formed a relationship with Chris over the years, it's a mm. good idea to form a relationship with your realtor. You don't have one, you say? Here's one you could have. Monty, Monty Rohde! Indeed. <laughs> Monty Rodi with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln is looking forward to starting a long-term professional relationship with you, friends of the podcast. Be sure to connect with him. He's uh, available at 402-770-3356. Or if you are a millennial and prefer to email somebody first, uh, it's monty.roady at prglincoln.com. And that's M-O-N-T-Y dot R-O-H-D-E at prglincoln.com. Do millennials email first or do we text first? Uh, I'm thinking more... I guess yeah. I guess you could text Monty, yeah.
0: Well, with professional relationships, like I, pr- I guess I prefer to email first. That's so that's fair. Yeah, I feel like there is a sense with millennials that like to call is an inconvenience, mm-hmm. and then you, you know you see the situation where people let their inboxes, their mail, voicemail boxes fill up so that they can't get more, or they just <laughs> never set it up.
1: Yeah, that that actually is a frustration for me. Is when I try to call somebody and it tells me that they haven't even set up their voicemail. I am like, come on, but. I'm on the opposite end where if it's somebody that I'm close with, I'm like, dude, just text me, just just text me. And I'll get back to you when I can, you know. So I don't know,
0: and it'll probably be about 12 hours later. Right.
1: But at the end of the day, I'm just gonna keep that going. I'm gonna keep going. On- <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. At the end of the day, what we're trying to say here, folks, is uh, Monty is available in multiple ways. So whatever you feel most comfortable with, reach out that way. So um, Google him. He's on the PRG Lincoln website. Uh, you can email him, you can text him, you can call him. He's happy to connect with you.
0: You know another relationship that we've been able to build now over a year, I think, just about a year has been with uh, Kendra and our friends at Central Nebraska Buffalo. Um, it was probably about a year ago when we first saw the Beat 'em and Eat 'em right. promo sign for the Colorado game that they were running down in the, in the uh, farmers market, and uh, so that we took a picture of that, tweeted it, it took off, and. So we reached out to them, and Kendra's been awesome to work with, and they've got a great product, and they're really proud of it. I, I, I'm proud of promoting it. I mean, it's they do a good job, and it's good mm-hmm. stuff.
1: I've been enjoying, so, I don't know if you've been looking at their social media the past few days, but uh, um, you ever been to Block 16, downtown Omaha?
0: No, I, I tried to go once, and I think the line was out the door.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it is a popular place, but they've been kind of reposting photos of... Uh, bison burgers that they've been making there the past few days oh and awesome it makes me want to venture outside of the home to go get food instead of constantly making food here but it's also more economical to make food here and it's also more economical for you friends if you go to their website order it make your food at home support a local business get it done wait i told everybody last week that i was going to be a sweet talker if you want just check out cnbuffalo.com. No pressure, but you know, they're counting on you as a local business. It's true.
0: <laughs> it's true. We we do love our local businesses. Well, we uh Is was this our second to last team preview episode?
1: I think it is.
0: And I've already talked to Ryan from uh, from Minnesota. Mhm. So, we're done pending the 10th non-con or 10th conference game so it was done but it's not done again
1: <laughs> if it ends up being a repeat do we need to call up the person that we spoke with oh, earlier that's this summer
0: inter- <laughs> interesting thought i don't know we'll uh we'll talk about it
1: right on the podcast right. well i feel like we've talked enough today justin what do you say i say go big red mike go big red